Shalom. Welcome to Pathfinder's Messianic Bible Study. Once again, I'm your host and teacher, Brother Scott Norris, and we're going to continue in our series on twisted scriptures. Okay, so scriptures that are being twisted common, commonly now throughout the body of Messiah. Um, and, you know, as I stated before, we have many preachers who are taking particular verses in the Bible and cherry picking them, just kind of like taking the scripture out of its context to twist it into what they want you to believe it to say in order to get out of you whatever desired result they're looking for, whether it be money or power or some type of control. Um, you know, we are in these last days. Um, the Bible, uh, well, not the Bible, Yeshua himself warned us in scripture about many false prophets in the last days, how they would deceive and mislead many. And one of the big end time signs that he warned against was deception. Okay. So in this particular segment in a twisted script, twisted scriptures, part three, I'm going to uh, subtitle this believe his prophets. And so shall you prosper, believe his prophets. And so shall you prosper because we have in the body of Messiah, <clears throat> a lot of people teaching us that, you know, connection to a prophet uh, will lead to your prosperity, your financial success, and also a way to gain that anointing that's on the pastor or on the prophet, you know, the anointing, the, the demonstrate the, the power of God that we see um, happening in their lives. The way to access it is to give, is to sow so into that anointing that you want to receive, you know, the soul even financially into it. And so we're going to just look at some of the scriptures that are being twisted. And then we're going to really seek to understand what is really truthfully being taught. Because one thing about a twist is that oftentimes the thing that's being twisted, um, there is an element of truth to it, but it's not the full, complete understanding of that particular truth. Amen. So, Second uh, Chronicles 20 and 20, and it reads, And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Okay, so... As I stated, a common teaching or thing that's being preached is that a prophet is grace to guide people into financial prosperity or success. And this verse is used a lot for that. Um, as I stated, they'll teach the way to connect into the prophet's anointing, or you can insert the pastor or evangelist, whoever is preaching. The way to connect into their anointing is to sow a seed or give financially to that preacher or that prophet that in exchange you'll receive a prophetic anointing to succeed as a reward and so another verse that's used is out of matthew chapter 10 verse 41 it'll say he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward and he that receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward then galatians uh, six and six, I've seen this verse used to teach the same thing. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth 
and all good things. In other words, you know, now we should support our Levites. We should support our ministers of the gospel, those that deliver the word to us. We really should financially uh, support and sow into their ministries. I'm not telling people that it is wrong to give, but they're teaching us that you're giving to access the anointing that's on them. And that oftentimes they say that this anointing ultimately leads to your financial success. Then Galatians 6, um, verses 7 through 9 reads, Be not deceived, God is not mindful whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So they preach this saying that if you keep on sowing, eventually you will reap a major financial harvest of abundance. So don't, don't get grow tired of giving. That's what, they, what they're teaching us, okay? So very, very, very um, common teachings. Um, throughout many, especially a lot of spirit-filled, allegedly spirit-filled, charismatic, full gospel churches. Um, this is not just taught in America. This is around the world. And matter of fact, it seems like in nations where the gospel is spreading the most, you know, you go into South America or Latin America, or you go into um, Africa, you hear this a lot, especially in places where a lot of people struggle financially. Okay. So it's like this gospel message of prosperity that started in America has traveled. Now, you'll notice that a lot of the things that I'm uncovering as twisted scriptures, and there's a ton of twisted scriptures out here, okay? But a lot of them are right now kind of like um, uh, part of the system of the prosperity message, it seems like, you know, and it is a system, you know, and I think when you confront and address, you're not, I'm not just addressing a few individual preachers. When you, when you address something that's systematic, um, you have to really take the time to kind of analyze it and use and, and, and study the various strategies and tactics that are employed to keep a particular system, especially when one is deceitful and oppressive. Uh, but, you know, the tactics that are used to keep it in power and keep it in place. Amen. And so... A lot of times, um, the ignorance of preachers who hear these messages and then they regurgitate them, they parrot it back to their people because they see that it's worked in prophet so-and-so's life, you know, and they want to emulate that particular prophet. And now instead of just preaching the message of gospel to see captive people set free, to see disciples of the Messiah made, you know, it becomes an opportunity for gain. Okay. And so anyway, now let's, let's really examine this whole idea that you can sow seeds and receive the anointing. Because when I was in Bible college, the particular Bible college I went to, the founder of that Bible college is a pastor, a televangelist, a prophet. And in his ministry, oftentimes he would, you know, really encourage people to give so that they can receive the anointing on their life. And then this particular leader um, had a lot of influence because he was on television with other pastors so that we would have these pastors and leadership conferences and 
you would have pastors coming there and they would sell $10,000 seeds and, you know, $1,000, $5,000, you know, these huge seeds that they probably collected from their congregation. And with the idea in mind that they're seeking after the anointing that's on that prophet for their ministry, you know? And so because um, this particular ministry always <laughs> encouraged or extorted us to give, you know, everything, it was a multi-million dollar ministry with multi-million dollar facilities. Everything was paid for and debt-free. They didn't go to a bank for anything, but, you know, they would really coerce people into giving. And so one of the big statements of these type of ministries is that, you know, this ministry is good ground. It's producing good fruit. And so just like you would sow a uh, natural seed into good soil because it's, you know, able to produce a lot of fruit. You want to sow into a place that's fruitful and abundant because in doing so, you're going to reap the same in your life and in your ministry. And so that's a very common preaching, you know, these pastors that, and this pastor had, um, my Bible college pastor had a, a jet, you know, and he traveled and, and preached in a lot of different places. And so, you know, they have all these fancy toys and fame. And so a lot of other people are seeking that. And so they're telling them, listen, if you want this level of abundance on your life, you need to sow abundantly into this type of ministry because now you're going to, you're sowing into good ground. And as a result, you're going to receive a great harvest, very common teaching, you know, in the body, you know, and now that, and so basically they're teaching you, you can almost buy the anointing. They're not telling you that, but it's suggested that, you know, the way to connect is really through giving. Now, you know, there is an element of truth in terms of, you know, where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. You know, um, you know, you know, the scriptures teaches us that ministers of the gospel should be supported financially. They should. I mean, a lot of them do this full time. You know, they devote their lives to preaching the word of Adonai. But this should be done for people who are faithful with the Lord, not people who are teaching you that gain is a, is a means that godliness is a means to gain. OK, because Timothy uh, in the book of Timothy, we're warned against that. But anyway, let's look at a passage in scripture in Acts um, chapter 8, verse 9. It says, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Verse 10, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because of that because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Then Simon himself believed also, come up, believe the gospel. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, saying, give me also this power that whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. 
verse 20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, that perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken come upon me. That can't be more clearer than anything that right that's, that teaches us that the anointing cannot be received by purchasing it. It's not, it's not received through an exchange of money. That's very clear right here. As a matter of fact, Simon the sorcerer was still behaving as a witch doctor. That's what witch doctors do. You got some of these preachers, man, that will go to witch doctors. I'm hearing about it over in Africa. They'll go to them to seek power so they can have influence over a congregation. And that's what a lot of these charlatan preachers are doing. They're, they're saying that they're prominent. Their ministries are abundant. And if you so see financially, the anointing that you see demonstrated through this ministry is going to be demonstrated in your life. That is coming from a place of, of witchcraft. Okay, so we can see it right here. It seems as if now we have Simon the Sorcerer's trying to teach the young Peters that you can receive this anointing through the exchange of money. That's what we have going on nowadays. You know, P Peter told him, man, you need to repent. Your heart is filled with wickedness. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is not received through the exchange of money. Okay. Um, uh, Yeshua taught us what? As seek and knock. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, through you pursuing and seeking after the Lord and, 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 and seeking him through prayer and through study, seeking him, you can be receive the power, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, but through, through someone who's, who, who really wants to see power from Yeshua himself. John the Baptist says that Yeshua will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Remember people came to John the Baptist who was a prophet. He says, I baptize you in water, but the one coming after me will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Okay, so the anointing is imparted to us through Yeshua himself. He is the one who gives the gifts of the Spirit. So we must seek him. Now, as the apostles were laying on of hands on people, people were receiving the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Lord can use someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit to help act as a conduit of his power. But they weren't charging people. They weren't telling people, look, you give us money, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. They weren't teaching them that at all. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit anointing and really in Hebrew, the Holy Spirit would be Ruach HaKadosh. Ruach means breath or wind, and Kadesh means holy. Okay, because even that word spirit or ghost 
in the Greek is pneuma, which deals with breath or wind. So the holy wind of God, the breath of the Almighty, is given to those who desire a close and powerful relationship with Yeshua. Those who want his anointing upon him, upon them, so that they, like Yeshua, can testify with so much power and grace that they can set the captives free, that they can bind up the brokenhearted. Okay, this comes from a pursuit of a desire to be intimate and close with God, not out of a desire for fame and fortune. And so, you know, preachers are wrong in teaching this. They are wrong in teaching this. This is not how you obtain the anointing. This is not how you connect with the prophet's reward. We're going to find out some other things. Okay. The word prosper, as used in Second Chronicles 20 and 20, which is the verse in which, you know, believe in the Lord, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. The word prosper there in the Hebrew is salak. And it means to push forward and in various senses, literally or figuratively, um, to break out, to come mightily, to go over, to be profitable, and to prosper. Now, if you study Second Chronicles 20 and verse, uh, chapter 20 and verse 20, it was used in the context of the southern kingdom of Judah going to war against a great multitude of enemies that were coming against them. So this has nothing to do with finances or business or abundance or increase. This has everything to do with defense. This has everything to do with warfare. A prophet can help you advance against the advance of darkness, the advance of demonic forces that are coming to coming against you in your life. A prophet is a skilled warrior of spiritual battle. And so, therefore, the, uh, the, the anointing to prosper means to advance against the work of darkness, the work of the enemy. See, that's why I said we have to read Scripture within its context. Now, you know, that doesn't, that, that actually kind of encourages me that if I'm hearing a true word from the Lord, it's going to help me to advance against the enemies that are coming against me, the adversary, Satan and his demons. Amen. Matthew 10, 41, the prophet's reward. Well, what exactly is the prophet? He says, receive a prophet in the name of the prophet. You shall receive a prophet's reward. Okay, so Jesus or Yeshua referred to the prophet's reward at the end of his, of his instructions to the 12 disciples as he had sent them all to preach the gospel to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You could study Matthew chapter 10. Yeshua is sending his apostles, his prophets, as sheep in the midst of wolves. And so prophet in this context, if these were his apostles, just meant in the sense of a messenger. But he said that way, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, that they would be betrayed and handed over to religious councils, arrested and betrayed by their own brothers, fathers, and even children. Their own children may betray them. 
for what their stance in the gospel. But there would be people who would receive the message of the kingdom of heaven. Remember they said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, kingdom of Elohim, those are um, Hebraic ways of saying the rule and reign of the Messiah or a covenant relationship with Yahweh. You know, that's what the kingdom of heaven really implies, the rule and reign of Yahweh through his through his son the messiah yeshua okay so that's what the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of god is to preach god's rulership and his reign and so there would be people who would receive their message that they preach and those who receive you yeshua taught are receiving him and even the one that sent him the one that sent him was his, is his heavenly father and so the prophet's reward is being what? Born again into the kingdom of heaven, operating and functioning in the kingdom of heaven. That is the prophet's reward. Those who receive the message of the, of the kingdom will receive the blessing of the kingdom, which is to become part of the kingdom of heaven and to, to grow in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So that's what the prophet's reward is, that they would, at his appearing, at his return, be with the Messiah, Yeshua, that they would be ultimately delivered. They would receive the new body. They would, they would go into that new Jerusalem, you know? So that's what the, that's what the prophet's reward is because when we're proclaiming the Messiah to people, we are ultimately preparing them for his return. So we're prophesying his return to them and getting them ready for it. You know, that's the prophet's reward. Doesn't say anything about money doesn't say anything about worldly success, but to be found in him. So, you know, brethren, I, I just pray that, um, you know, these scriptures that have been twisted become untwisted in our hearts and mind with clarity of heart. And so we will serve the most high, you know, that the Lord's desire is that when we, when he returns, He's desiring a bride prepared for her groom. He's not desiring people with a bunch of money. What does he need money for? Now, we may need finances. I'm not saying that we don't need it, but, you know, these scriptures have really been twisted so that people can take advantage of us. But it, it, the time of that is coming to an end. Amen. So I pray that this message has blessed you and we will meet again. Shalom.